What is up? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. This is your host, Jeremy Abramson, and I am so grateful for today's episode with the one and only Nora Salman. And Nora is absolutely incredible. She's a badass entrepreneur. She was a finalist on Survivor, and she's actually one of my very good friends here in Miami. And I'm so grateful for you to hear some of her story. We dive deep into all things monogamy, masculinity, entrepreneurship, etc. But before we start today's show, I just want to be completely open and honest with you. I've been pretty inconsistent with this podcast the last year or so. And especially these last four or five months, I've just been going through this wild range of emotions I've experienced some incredible highs and some devastating lows that have really tested me, that have really challenged me. And there's been days where I didn't even want to get out of bed, if I'm being fully transparent and fully honest with you. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because these challenging few months have really forced me to go inward. And it's forced me to really reflect on what matters to me, what do I want to spend my time doing? What do I enjoy doing? How do I want to experience this beautiful game called life? And it reminded me how much I enjoy conversations like this one with Nora. It reminds me how much I enjoy diving deeper and having meaningful conversations and hopefully bringing value to you. And honestly, I feel so committed moving forward to the podcast and to my mission and to just being the best version of myself. And I just wanted to share this with you before the episode started because it's very easy to see people on social media or the internet and just think that their life is magical, that everything is good, that everything is roses, but it's not true. It's not true at all. And I feel very grateful for all of the challenges, for all of the obstacles. And I'm gonna do my best to learn from them, to grow from them, and to be open, vulnerable, and authentic with you every step of the way. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Without further ado, here is today's conversation with the one and only Nora Salman. What is up, you fucking legends? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. And today, I have with me a very special guest. We have Miss Nora Salman. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Nora, so um, I didn't have an intro prepped for you, but okay. you know what I actually like doing? I like you to introduce yourself. Like, okay. So who is Nora Salmon? Well, huh, it's a loaded question. It's like when you go on a date and everyone's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, that's so surface level, by the way, right? It is. But like, you know what it is? People are trying to understand you and uh, they think, okay, if you're a doctor like this, if you're, you know, they're trying to peg you. They're trying to like at least have a, a high level understanding of you. But we know you can't pigeonhole someone into that. And especially people like us, you can't. So um, my street name is Nora Knows Best. People know me as spelled N-O-U-R-A. It's unusual. But I'm actually, by trade, I'm a CPA. And um, I've done that 
for my whole my whole life. That's in my bread and butter. And uh, over the years, I, I invest, invested a lot of things, but most importantly, I invested in myself. Hey. That took me to Miami. I was a burnt out CPA, you know, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner at my desk. And I just felt physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually not at my best. Like I wanted to feel my best. So I used to go on vacation to Miami and I'd just go for a weekend. And I just, I found that this was a place that you don't need a car. You, you're 20 minutes from the airport. It's beautiful weather. It's walkable. And it was just a place I was like, this will be a good post-tax season, you know, getaway. And the more I came, you know, the more I craved it. And every time I left, I felt very down, you mm. know? So anyway, this is the place where I optimized my health, my beauty, uh, my physicality, my mentality, like my spirituality, all of it. And here is where I birthed what I'm the most passionate about, which is more in the health and wellness space. And along this ride, I went on the show Survivor. People know me from Survivor. I was a finalist on season 39, uh, which aired in fall of 2019, right before COVID. So it's a very popular season because it was one before we had dead air for two years. So even now people are going back and watching it because they've run out of stuff to watch because of that two year period. And people have gone back to the earlier seasons and caught up And some people that are friends of mine are now just watching my season. But I was known as a finalist. I was the last female on my season. I was a big player. I'm unapologetic and um, with a good heart behind it. And I'm known for that show. So, uh, which I would do again tomorrow. And I, I loved that experience. Yes, that yeah. was fucking dope. That was such a good intro. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> I I really I really loved how you said that. Like you came to Miami and this is the place where you elevated your mentality, physicality, and spirituality. Yeah. And I feel like so often people think that Miami is just this place that is super materialistic. It's all about just getting fucked up, going out to the clubs. And I think from all the places I've been in the world, Miami has one of the best spiritual communities entrepreneurship communities and just a place where so many people congregate who are doing dope things in the world yeah you know it's a very supportive environment for us like if you already have work ethic if you're already a go-getter if you're self-disciplined this is a better environment for us i think other people thrive in the rat race of like a new york city because the energy around them is like this so they feel like okay they, they get like that's a very contagious way of being so they kind of need that they'll, they'll say i love new york city because they're fueled by that but someone like us i think i find that erratic i find that interruptive i, I find that chaotic and i find it distracting so Miami is like a warm hug that supports me in all the ways. And I think as a creative, which we are at the base of everything, it gives back to me. It invigorates me. It brings life into me. And we need that because we can't just rely on our own physical energy and like all the ways we optimize ourselves. There, there are these other things outside of us that we need to elevate us and nurture us because we're in it for the long run. We're not here just to do something for a few years and make our money and just like, I'm looking to give value on a long, consistent, scalable way that like, how do you make that marathon and continue through it? Like a lot of people burn out. Like how many people are still in the game they started in? I don't know. What drove you yeah. originally? Because I remember in business school, I had to take accounting classes in college and I fucking hated it. <laughs> like even accounting 101, where it's very basic shit. Yeah. I was miserable. And that's when I kind of had this light bulb go off. Like, Yo, 
maybe this shit isn't my path. Mm. And I think a lot of times people pursue jobs like accounting because mm. it's safe. It pays well, right? Yeah. You're always going to need someone to do your checks and balances. Yeah. But that also robs you of like your authentic expression, your joy, your passions for what actually lights a fire in your heart and mm -hmm. your soul, right? Mm -hmm. So like, what was it originally that kind of like drove you to be a CPA? And then kind of that, that moment where you realize like, yo, like maybe I can do that shit on the side, but like I have way more to offer. I love this. Uh, when I told my family I was gonna be like a CPA or an accountant, they're like, that is not your personality. And there's a saying, you know, an entrepreneur is unemployable. You know, I, I'm a, I, we don't follow the crowd. Um, I can't tell you how hard it is just to even sit at a desk for nine, you know, from nine to five and beyond. And I think, you know, newer generations, like you guys don't know what that's like. And, you know, I had to push to have like a, an inflatable ball as my chair, or I would steal a manager or partner chair at my cubicle so I could get through the day. You know, I, I would come up with sick days so I could work from home. Like I, the stuff that you're being given right now, I had to push for, it was like ahead of its time. And, mm. um, you know, early in that profession, you know, I told them I'm not going to work, uh, taxis and on the weekends, they're like, who the hell do you think you are? You know, I said, don't you want the best for me? They're like, yeah. I'm like, so do you want me just to dilute myself and work all these hours in a week? You want me your deliverables? You want your billables? I'll give that to you, but don't like, I'm in it for the long run. Don't burn me out like you're doing with everyone else. So I was actually one of the only people that is known for not working on the weekend in tax season from the start of my career. But I, I got on a tangent. So how did I get into this? <laughs> um, I originally wanted to study nutrition in college and um, but I was like, it's not going to pay. And back then your mind is more closed, right? You came from school system and you're not thinking, um, what kind of money can you make with it? Entrepreneurially, mm. you're thinking about a job. So you're like, I don't want to be a dietitian. I don't want to like, I actually worked for Weight Watchers. I took part-time jobs, you know, in that field. Cause I wanted to see, you know, what you could do with it. But I was like, I don't see how this is going to pay. And you know, I came as an immigrant to the US. I came actually as an illegal immigrant. My parents told us we were coming here on vacation and I know what it's like to be always struggling with money. So if I had my parents, they paid for my education. I'm like, well, I gotta make that back. So at the time, if I'm paying 40 grand for four years of education, you're like, well, a starting salary as, as an entry level accountant is gonna pay for that education in one year. So it was a more of a mathematical thing, mm. but my heart was like, I don't, like I loved the, like the diet stuff, the nutrition stuff. Like I wrote term papers about the Atkins diet in 2000, like when oh, people wow. were not talking about it, right? Like now everyone's all keto and intermittent fasting, but like I was running 14 miles on a Saturday marathon training without eating. And everyone's like, why are you doing that? So I'm just saying that was my passion, but I had a professor who was talking about what you could make coming out of college. And I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this thing that people hate that's fucking valuable. Excuse my mouth. Mm. That is valuable. No, no. So, no. um, so I said, I can capitalize on that and I will figure out how to do that. But I know at the very least it's going to pay, pay me for my life and I can figure it out from there. But it also is the backbone of any business. So if you do want to, you know, go into business, I'll know numbers, I'll know tax, like I'll know how to, you know, grow a business based on 
all these clients I'm studying, you know, and working for. So I thought this is going to be a valuable skill that everyone needs anyway, but it was going to be a great first step. And I'm all about that. What's my next best step. So my next best step coming out of college was not to get a nutrition license and become a dietitian. It was go to business school, a top business school, get this degree, get my license, which I got as soon as I graduated, I got it. One of the first of all my friends, I got my license at 21. And I went right into the profession. Where did you go to business school? I went to University of Maryland. And then where did your um, parents immigrant, immigrate Okay, from? so my parents are both Lebanese. Okay, and dope. we came from London. So that's why my British accent comes out. I ran into Jeremy <laughs> oh last God. night at dinner. I was finishing a dinner with friends and he was coming in for dinner. And I started talking to him in my British accent. And he's like, but this happens to me when like, I'm a little tired or I'm like overly relaxed if I've had something to drink, which doesn't happen often. But um, so I'm born and raised in London and my parents brought us here and my mom actually was the breadwinner. So I know what it's like. My parents never made more than $100,000 in a year. And I just, I wanted stability. I wanted consistency and that I've, you know, our whole lives we've had a track. Like you go to kindergarten, you go to, you know, grade school, you go to high school, you go to college. Like there's a whole track. It's so crazy. So this had a track. It's like, get your CPA license, you know, get paid this amount of money, you know? And, uh, I was actually a junior partner by 25 years old. Like I had a, I was at a firm that was like, we want you to be a future partner. Like one guy was in his, let's say seventies, eighties. And then one was in his fifties. So they're like, well, if we get the girl in the twenties, like this is a growable, sustainable yeah. practice. So that's dope. Yeah. We have so much in common. <laughs> really? my, I my, hear mom, this. my mom's from Manchester. Oh, and, how cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom's okay. from Manchester and actually, um, similar to you, like with yeah. your passion in nutrition, like, yeah. In college, I studied business and marketing. Uh, where did you go to school? I went to University of Oregon. Yeah, okay. So at University of Oregon, I studied business. Yeah. And my biggest passion yeah. was fitness. Like, that's when I just started really getting into working out and, like, understanding yeah. human physiology and how our body works and how to really optimize uh, different areas of life yeah. through lifting and through different uh, biohacking principles. Right. Mm, mm. But at that time, social media hadn't even become a thing. Yeah. And I just saw fitness as a hobby. I didn't see it as an actual career where mm. I could support myself, support wow. my family. So I would continue to learn about it, but I was like, okay, this is a nice hobby to have. I can teach my friends workouts and stuff like that. And then it's just funny how things unfold because like, when I moved to Miami when I was 24, 25, okay. people were asking me like, hey, are you available for training? Wow. And I wasn't even certified. Wow. And I was like, oh shit, like this is a sign that I should probably get certified so I can say yes to those people. And then when I started doing that, I just found so much fulfillment mm. in helping people on their journey of becoming more healthy, more fit. And then I just became even more obsessed with all things health and wellness. So like after obsessing about fitness, I was like going down all these nutrition rabbit holes and then yeah, learned about go like, together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Learned about like breath work, yeah. learned about ice baths, learned about plant medicine. And then this journey just kind of took me to where I am now. Yeah. And it's interesting how like you mentioned this, but since a very young age, starting in kindergarten, wow. we are put in this system, mm. this school system yep. that does not have our best interests in mind. They don't care about our mm. passions. Mm. They're literally teaching all of us 
regardless of what your interests and curiosities are, they're teaching every single kid this same information. Oftentimes it's irrelevant. Why the fuck do I need to learn how to write cursive? Like, why do I need to know who the 14th president of the United States was? By the way, it was Franklin Pierce. (laughs) I hated history. That was my least favorite topic because it was like, why? So what? I've always been like, what's the so what of this? Exactly. Yeah. And, and what if our school system actually had a survey at the beginning? Like, hey, what are you interested in? Uh, Hey, what are you passionate about? Hey, what are you actually skilled and gifted at? Mm. And how can we support Mm. you in that journey of pursuing your passions and actually stepping in to your power and and, and like sharing your gifts with humanity Mm. and like, and, and making a contribution to society. Mm. But instead, mm-hmm. especially college, I mean, yeah. college is a fucking business, yeah. right? Yeah. They don't really care about us pursuing our path and pursuing our passions. They care about- I mean, about- if we're successful, it makes them look more successful. If you have, you know, grads from this place that does give them more credibility. It, you know, if you knew Elon Musk went to whatever school, like I think they would do very well right now in their admissions. So proof of concept is important too. But to your point, I would say college is a more supportive environment for exploring your interests, whether they're hobbies or they're gonna be your career. And you can, you know, that's a place where you can explore yourself. You have a fresh start. Yeah. No one knows who Jeremy was from Manchester. You know, it's like you get a fresh slate. It's not like when you go through school system, you go through all these grades and you've already built a reputation and people have seen your evolution, but they kind of know like, oh, I know that guy. No, maybe you don't. And maybe he doesn't. And maybe having having him go to college and immersing himself with all these people and different environments is going to allow him to evolve and really get into who he is. But I agree with you, you know, people need more self-exploration and support to do that versus to be in a system that they just enter into and it becomes more like lazy thinking. Like I'm just going to absorb what's given to me and, you know, continue forward like that. But I know exactly, we both know exactly what it's like to have a passion and love something, but they're like, well, how am I gonna like make this a living? How am I gonna be mm. successful with this? But I, what I love is that you recognize that people, I mean, obviously people saw you and they were like inspired. They wanna be you, basically. When people come to you and like, you did it, when they don't care what your credentials are, they obviously like what they're seeing. Right. And people are willing to buy into that, you know? Like, I, I know that, I mean, not to t- take it off course, but I, when I had my own change within me and people were like, well, how did you do that? It's similar to you. You know, they want to know, okay, how'd you get a six pack when you didn't have a six pack your whole life? This happened in the last 10 years, you know? And when I, they saw my best friend go from what she was to what she became, they're like, okay, they start seeing, it's like success leaves clues. So anyway, I'm a big believer when people come to you and they have a need and you want to satisfy it, like with what you did and the certifications you did and the experience you did, that's how you know, in a way, what your calling is. It's not a sign. It's more the value that you are in the world. People are telling you what it is. Mm. And so you, the question is, how do you capitalize on that? What are the products and services you're going to offer to them to help them? And who do they represent? And how can you scale that? Mm, yes. Yeah. Make sure, do your best to keep the mic close to you. Yeah, okay. Because so, I no, think it's in front of my face so, a little bit. No, no, well, sometimes, because I do the same thing. I'm like... Yeah, because I kind of you know, felt like it was like in front of my face. Yeah, so I was like... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. No, but like, it, it's very it's very true because I, I mean... put it lower a little then? So my, it's not blocking my face like this. Is that yeah, okay? That's good. Okay. Um, okay, cool. No, it's just like, I, I meet a lot of people who are addicted to education. 
right? And education, oh, education so is yeah. absolutely instrumental right. and necessary for gaining more knowledge, gaining more wisdom, mm. right? However, you need to be very intentional about where you're getting that education from. Yeah, that's true. Because if you're constantly just chasing mm. different certifications just to have another fucking piece of paper on your wall, like the best education is actually putting those lessons into practice, mm. right? Working with so people. Right. Yeah. Like, right? Like you can read all the fucking books, but until you're actually like coaching someone, or you're doing accounting for a business. Yes. Like that is where the real knowledge is gained. Yeah. The real life case study that you're learning in the business school, like in a book or you're reading the Harvard, you know, paper on it. Like you're actually in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So I'm curious to know because now like, and, and we'll get into some of your other endeavors yeah. like that you're doing because one of the things that's really impressive about you is just like your bandwidth and your energy. <laughs> like there's very few people I meet that have like energy that either matches mine or elevates oh, mine. Oh, thank you. Okay. And, and, and I get accused all the time. People are like, yo, he's like cracked out. He never blinks. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, no, like I'm just high as fuck off life. Yes. You know, occasionally, yes. What's wrong I'll with you? Not what's wrong with us. What's wrong with you that you're not like this? Occasionally, occasionally I'll have, you know, a little support by a microdose, but like for the most part. Unnecessary probably. Yeah, but like, no, for the, for the most part, my energy comes from a place of like genuinely being so excited yeah. for life, being Aww. excited for another opportunity to pursue my passions, to live in my purpose and to serve others and empower mm. others on their journey. Like that's all the fucking inspiration I need to operate at a high level. That's amazing. And, and I feel like you're operating at a similar capacity. Mm. Um, I love that. I just want to say, first of all, I love that. And when it comes to dating, one of my top requirements is, are you alive inside? And do you work with, do you wake up every day with purpose? If you don't, it's not a fit for me. I don't care who you are, how much you make, you know, I don't care about any of that stuff. If you're not those things, well, let's how, talk and how rare let's, is that? Let's talk about that a little bit because <laughs> you're 40 now, right? I know. <laughs> am I it not supposed weird. to say that? On no, your... you can say it. It feels weird. You know, when guys ask me like how old I am, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm 40 on, like on this earth. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I actually feel I look better and um, my body's better. My, just everything is better this, at this time. But I think, um, there, you know, at this age, there are things associated with like high risk pregnancy or, you know, I think people think about that. You know, I know in dating, I think a lot of men, like I have a good guy friend who's like, you know what? I don't want to date a girl that's over 35 because it's also like a pressure in a way where, you know, I obviously want to have kids in the next, you know, within two years, I would say I want to get pregnant, let's say within two years. So if a guy is like, that might freak out some guy that's not established like yourself. Like I think a lot of guys, they want anyone. I'm the same way. I don't, I'm not in a rush. I don't even need marriage. I'm looking for partnership. And, you know, it takes time to get along with someone and know if that's someone you want to have a permanent partnership with, because that's what would happen if you have kids, right? So I think there's a little bit of pressure of like, oh, you're 40? Like, I could lie. I'm not a liar. I'm a very honest person. So I could say I'm 35. I could say I'm 29, you know, but um, I'm honest and I'm like, I'm 40. But then also people know what I do. And it's like, it makes sense that I'm not going to be, you know, 35 or 30 if I tell you what I do or you know what I do. Yeah. And there's well, a lot that comes with experience. And I will say, I did not go through divorce. I did not have kids with the wrong person. And I am one step away 
from a great partnership that has everything to flourish with no baggage. I'm not saying that children are baggage or an ex-marriage or ex-relationship is baggage, but it's just there's le- there are less factors involved. It's just me and someone. And I and I don't I'm happy if someone has kids and they bring that to the table. I'm just making the point that um I was very intentional about who do I want to link up with? And I did always put my career first because I, I know from my own experience, and that's a big part of my my own journey and purpose, is I know that everyone's need in life is their health for themselves, their health for their family, their money for themselves, and their money for their family. Without the health and the finances, like you don't have life. Mm. So I've learned that, and I know that I need those to be stable for me to be successful and also to have a successful partnership and family. And I think a lot of people don't have those stable foundations and then they go and have kids and they have a marriage and it's like, what we're seeing all this divorce. We're seeing all these, you know, situations. So I think I just, it took me a long time to really put everything into myself and focus on myself and my projects. And now I think it's about, I know who I am. A lot of these people didn't know who they are and they linked up with someone. They both don't know who they are. They evolve. And then of course they don't match anymore. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Like, I feel like there's so many relationships and because they're almost, you know, you have, you have a relationship where one person has unhealed emotional traumas and wounds and they get in a partnership with someone who also has their own traumas and emotional wounds that haven't been addressed. And then they get together and they almost expect this other person to come and complete them. (laughs) Or fix them. Right. Or make it better or band-aid them. And one of the things I've learned in relationships is like, you need to love somebody for all of them and not Mm. expect them to change. If you go into something with the expectation, like, okay, this Mm. person's here right now, but I'm (laughs) going to be able to change them and transform them. Like, it's delusional because it's not going to usually happen that way. And even if it does happen, it's like, did they even want to change or were they just doing it to get validation and approval from you? So I'm curious to know and though. they might but, resent you for the change they made for you that they didn't really want to do, you know, facts. purely. I'm curious to know though, because like being very successful as you are, and now that you're 40, like when you are dating, have you came across guys that are a little intimidated by your energy, by your success? I I can't tell you what goes through the mind of someone else. I will say that I think um, sometimes it's easier to date someone that's known you for a long time. I would say a lot of people I'm talking to right now, like where you're exploring if there's, you know, if you're able to date or not, it's like someone that's already known me. You know, they know my heart, they know who I am, they know my evolution, they know my story. I think the hardest thing is to go up to someone new you don't know and say, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I'm like. And I know, I told this to a dating coach, actually, I I, I don't know, I posted this on my story recently, and I hired a dating coach that Patty Stanger follows. She happened to go to one of my doctors, and I saw her on his story. I liked her name, it was Laura the Matchmaker. And I was like, you know, I'm going to reach out to her, send her a voice note. And it, it does help when you have a blue check mark, although that's becoming commonplace and that really annoys me right now. But I sent her a message, sent her a voice note, and um, I, you know, I paid 300 bucks for a call with her. And I learned so much about myself. And something I told her is, listen, I'm not looking for a flatline person like this. And I'm not a flat person like, like flatline person like this. I think there are men that want stability. There are men that have flat out told me, I don't want this entrepreneur with all these companies. I, you know, 
they want the pieces of me that they like, but they don't want the rest that it comes with. Mm. I can cook. I can cl clean and maintain a home. I can run businesses. I can run a marathon. I can stay up all night. I can go to bed at 8 p.m. Like I, I'm capable of doing everything and um, keep my beauty, keep my health, keep my energy, keep my positivity. You know, I can do all these things, um, but you know, like it comes with a lot and you're the same. So you know what? I'm a, I'm a stallion. You want a stallion? You want a gallop? Okay. But if you don't, don't sign up for me because I'm not one person. I'm, I'm maybe like six people in one. Some <laughs> days I'm tired and I'm chill. And some days I'm just overly energetic and I just want to play all day and, and just not even eat. Like we, we see each other at the standard. It's like, I'm going to be in the ocean. I'm going to be on a boat. We're going to, you know, I'm going to go on some jet skis. Maybe I'm going to take a nap. Then I'm going to, you know what? There's going to be, there's some guys where I've done all that with them and they freaking couldn't do it. Or like, let's say I did a workout one morning and it was something very simple to me. And like the last guy I dated, he's a good friend of mine. He couldn't do this kettlebell class I did. And he's a trainer for me. Actually, Yo. a lot of my life I've taken guys on physical dates. Cause that, that tells me a lot. It's not just about, okay, what do they look like? And what's their physical ability? It shows me their mentality. If I go in a canoe with you and we are going to paddle on a date, are you lazy? Are you giving? Are you a good communicator? Are you able to deal with challenge? Are you resilient? Are you a baby? You know, are you a leader? Are you a follower? Are you masculine? Are you feminine? Are you both? You know, it, it tells me so Yo, much about you. I love that. That's my that's, test date. That's so good. I think I'm actually, for the next date I go on, I'm going to take whoever that person is paddleboarding. And just like you said, like, how do you respond? Are you, are you operating from fear? Like, oh shit, am I going to fall in? If you do fall in, do you get discouraged? Do or you do laugh? you get back up? Do you laugh and then do get back laugh? up? Do you laugh? Exactly. Are you playful? Are you joyful? Are you a victim? Like, save me. Why did this happen to me? Oh yeah. It tells you everything I'm about a, someone. I'm going to let that bitch drown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I want to say one thing about that. I've always. Just kidding. No, we know that. I've always said. It's two things. Who do I want to play with on the playground? I don't want to know Jeremy, what's his family's name? What's his education? Where does he live? How much does he make? You know, it's like, do I enjoy this person? Am I having fun? Do I want to do this again? Would I do this with this person over someone else? And it's the same thing. Do I want to be trapped in an elevator with this person? That is my, that is my baseline for decision-making on people I want to be friends with closely. I like that. Could I survive 20 maybe even 30 minutes trapped in an elevator with this person and feel safe, safe. maybe yeah. feel entertained, have good conversation, good connection. I feel like that's a great metric for understanding or knowing, like, I really fuck with this person, <laughs> right? Like we're in an elevator and it's just like you and I, and maybe we don't even need to talk. Maybe it's just like yeah. our energies are speaking volumes and it's like we have make eye contact, we connect, whatever. But yeah. back to your dating situations <laughs> and these dudes. Mm. I think there's a massive pandemic happening right now and not a lot of people are talking about it. Well, let's talk about it. And that pandemic is the amount of feminine dudes. We have this whole... <laughs> revolution against toxic masculinity how dare you be strong how dare you step into your power it's like there's so many dudes right now who literally have testosterone levels under 300 they don't even wake up with boners 
and they're in their 30s like mm-hmm. they're not even 50 60 70 years old and going back to your point like they can't even hang with you in a workout like what does that say about them <laughs> we already know we're in a small percentage of the population to already and going back to your education thing you know i was considering applying to an executive mba program because i always thought it would be cool to have that ivy league education have that network and also have that street cred that goes beyond my own brand where people are like oh i'm a little bit more assured that you know she did this again it's just kind of like a i get it yeah a stamp there so anyway when they when they tell you who's going in that program it's like what percent are female it's small what percent are self-funded versus funded by a company what percent are entrepreneurs you know what percent are not from this area so anyway i'm just making a point that i already know i'm in a small percentage of people female uh not married successful um i don't need for me everyone's different i like how one of the first things you said was safety in the elevator that would never have been one of my thoughts in who i want to be there with but that's interesting that's that says something about what you're looking for in a relationship um for me i know that i'm already a rare person as a female and going back to what you're saying about men you know i know that i've made it happen in a man's world let's just say i don't believe these are all concepts these are whatever you feed into that you believe it doesn't mean that they're the reality they're your reality that you live inside but i recognize i've done a lot i've i was i bought my first place at 21 years old i got my license at 21 years old i had two million dollars of real estate by the time i was 30. i have a mensa iq i don't talk about that no one survive never talked about that they showed me as a little bimbo sometimes okay what's fine. a mensa iq uh, mensa is an organization that tests your iq and to be part of mensa you have to have a minimum iq and i have that iq and um and actually when i applied for survivor the psychologists test you they do all this testing and they told me so you know you have a very you're a very intelligent person. And I said, yes, I do. Can you tell me my results? They said, actually, for your own protection, we are not going to release that to you because if you release that information, you know, to the cast, that might not work, that might not help you, right? Like you have to think about what you want to share and not share. So if you think I'm a bimbo or you think I'm just this fun and beautiful girl that's, you know, and I came in with glitzy, glittery nail polish and my hair and I had makeup on and I like, I know that's going to all wash away in a few days, but like I came looking like I do with some jewelry and whatever. And you know what? Don't take me seriously. Don't, you know, underestimate me, but, um, I don't even know where I was going with all that, but, um, I know, I know that I'm already a rare person. And I mean, what I'm looking for in a, a man is a man. Like physically, you know, be proactive, you know, call, plan dates, like be sexual and initiate things. Like I, as a woman already have a masculine energy. What's masculine? It's like going out and doing and perceiving and getting, I'm always in action. So I actually, when it comes to dating, I want to relax. I want to lay back and I want to receive. I'm a giver. Trust me. I'm a giver. I'm very giving. I give all the love languages and I, I do them. Honestly, I'm very intentional about that. But as a woman, you know what? I want to step away from work. I want to, you know, take a shower, get dressed, get ready and have fun. And I, I want a man that's, yeah, going to be a man. And I, I recognize that a lot of alpha males like yourself will often choose a female that's maybe way more laid back, maybe doesn't have as much going on. And maybe because you are so overstimulated by your life and all the things you do, you want someone that's not as stimulating because you need to like a decompression. So I, I still don't know who the right match is going to be for me, but I do know I need a masculine man, but 
you don't want it to be someone that's going to control you because they're overly masculine. And you don't want it to be someone who is too feminine and lets you walk all over them, even if they might look masculine or chemistry is great. So I'm looking for an intersection of... This is like, I feel like this is like, this video is like, like your dating profile video. Well, I don't know. Maybe it will be. So I need physical masculinity and that energy. But, you know, you also want an emotionally intelligent man who is, can have the soft that's not, you know, the man without the... Well, I think that's really important too. And that's, that's what I don't think is often talked about, right? In terms of men providing, usually people think of providing, they think of financially, which, oh, interesting. I do, which I do think is the role of the masculine as well, is mm. to provide some level of financial security and stability for mm. one's family. And, mm. and like you were saying, that emotional, uh, providing that emotional connection and that mm. support, like if you don't feel safe expressing your emotions authentically, mm. that is already going to create resistance. It's going to mm. create tension and it's mm. actually going to prevent us from being able to connect mm. in a meaningful, vulnerable way. And I don't think you can really have a, a intimate relationship that is lacking that emotional connection. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and that's something that most dudes, most women too, like we're, we're not taught how to communicate effectively mm. how to speak our truth like that's mm. just shit that we're not taught i think you're an example of a masculine man. all right i'm sorry to interrupt today's show but i am so freaking excited for september 10th and the reason why i'm so excited for september 10th is because that happens to be my 33rd birthday shout out to my mom shout out to my dad and more importantly than my birthday is the gift that I'm giving you. I felt called to create an incredible free resource all about microdosing. It's called The Magic of Microdosing 2.0 and it goes live September 10th. It's completely free, literally over 25 videos that I poured my heart and soul into diving deep into the neuroscience of microdosing and really talking about the effect of some of these pharmaceutical drugs like Adderall and antidepressants. So hit the link in the show notes to get free access or just visit magicofmicrodosing.com. Much love y'all and let's get back to the show. Like that's just shit that we're not taught. I think you're an example of a masculine man who knows how to communicate and you are emotionally in tune with yourself and others. And I know that that's a rare thing and that's what makes you a rare man. And that's the kind of man that I know I need because the, literally the, the, the psychologist from that show, I told her, what am I looking for in a man? Since you know me so well on paper, you know you know how I test, like what am I looking for? She says, she said, you're looking for that special man that's a you're combination of You're looking for Jeremy. Just, you're <laughs> looking for Jeremy. Anyway, but, we can go on the date, on the paddle date, and we can let you know how it goes. I'll report back. He can report back. That, and that at would, the very least, it'll be information for people that want to date you or me. That would be, that would be an interesting <laughs> thought experiment. Anyways, mm. um, in, regards to, in regards to most of the men that you're seeing, though, are you finding them to be more feminine like, than you would like? Okay, the guys that are the most masculine, I would say, they, they seem to be just wanting physicality. So like the guy that will like show up at my door after I'm 
done dating him or I block him because he's like inappropriate or something. He shows up at my door. He's knocking on the door. He wants to see me. I love the man that wants to pursue me. And I feel that they, obviously a big part of it is the physicality, but there are some men that have straight up told me, I don't think I can be, you know, loyal to a woman because they recognize how, how big their testosterone is. And that's part of your innate background to be a like a seed spreader, you know, like you're supposed to take your seed as far as it can go. So it's kind of weird to take a man against his nature and say, yeah, you're just going to be with me your whole life and, you know, not be with anybody else. So, 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 so the most masculine men don't want to be as committal, I would say. So are you saying and monogamous, that, are you saying monogamy is a myth? I think there are a lot of things that people subscribe to that don't make sense. <laughs> Um, one of them being marriage, because you know what you, okay. You want a partner. That's a great fit for you. The only reason someone doesn't get divorced is because they don't want to have that big D day, you know, and they don't want like the shame mm. from society. And like my stepdad even told me when his step, uh, sorry, his ex-wife, um, wanted to divorce him or he wanted to, to divorce her. Her first reaction was, what will the neighbors say? You know, so it's like everyone's living their life for what others will think. So what would happen if, let's say, you know, you and I, we like are dating. And then let's say, you know, uh, like three years from now, it's not a fit. You break up. That's not a big deal. But if you get divorced, now we're dealing with assets. Now we're dealing with like legalities and, and um, intertwinement and legal fees. And it's ridiculous, honestly, right? Nora, that's why you got to get a prenup. I mean, I could do a prenup, but you know what? Those can still change. You know, I know a, a big, um, like, public couple that went through this in Miami, and it's like there was a prenup, and it had an amount. Like, look, if they get divorced, it's going to be, you know, a settlement to the wife of $2 million. Well, everything's negotiable. Everything can change, and the future ch changes from when they got that marriage and that paper was drawn up. So I'm just saying, what if you just, why don't you leave out the legalities out of love? Why don't you just let love survive or die on its own? Mm. naturally and you know what's more compelling is if i stay with you when i don't have to when there's no obligation and i stay with you anyway mm. isn't that more impressive than to stay together because i'm fulfilling my duty to be married and then what then people are married and they cheat and they're you know i don't know i'm just saying it's true though because one of the things i think about like realistically mm. i think i'm gonna get married legally um i definitely think that's part of my that's future cool. reality yeah. And with that being said, yeah. I think it's just another societal construct mm. where people are programmed to think like, yo, I need to have this huge lucrative wedding and drop hundreds of grand on it and then go on this crazy honey honeymoon and buy this crazy ring. It's like, don't get me wrong. Like those things all can be beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, and I come from a mindset where it's like, yo, like let's have an intimate wedding in like the fucking jungle mm. and, and use that money for like our future yes, way for smarter. like our children for yes. fucking traveling the world. Like right. that's personally what I would probably prefer. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that, but, but it is interesting. I'm glad that you acknowledge that though, in Thanks. terms of like men, it's part of our nature. It's very, it's okay. very, especially now it, it, we live in a world where, there's just an abundance of options and those options are like <laughs> right in front of your face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Look, I can pick pick up my options and look at them right now. Any minute or hour of the day and they can change by the hour. 
It's and great. we have accessibility to planes and, you know, everything is accessible at, at look, we have Amazon coming to our door at, at, like within hours. So it's, it's also the accessibility, not just in your world. It didn't, it used to be maybe, you know, the person at school you meet or the person at your job. It's like, it's gone beyond to people in other neighborhoods, other areas, countries, and you don't have to be even in the same time zone to connect. And, you know, separation is like, is temporary. Now people it's are so doing everything true. online. Like I could move to, I met a guy from Italy that I really like. And I think out of all the guys I've dated in a long time, he was like a really good fit for me. But for me, I was, I'm thinking he lives in Italy. That's his day-to-day -day life. But then you start thinking, could I live in Italy? <laughs> I have, you know, um, um, products and services for the American people. And I want to be on the East coast and I want to be physically accessible to you know, certain things in certain places, but like, could I live in Italy? Would I do that for love? Like you, these are, there's a lot more options of what's doable these days. So let me ask you, cause yeah. you did say that you probably want to give birth to a child mm -hmm. within the next two years, right? Which is actually super amazing. Cause in two years you're going to be 42. My mom was 42 when she gave birth oh, to me. I love this. Thank you for telling me this story. Yes. I need these inspirational And like, stories. look at me, like I'm thriving. Look at you, you're a stud. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Well, that was she that put all was, her goodness into you. Well, yo, she cultivated that goodness for a good amount of time, and then gave you her best facts. And yeah. and my mom did something unheard of. I want to hear this. She breastfed me for over three years. Look at why you're so developed. And that honestly, that's incredible. What an amazing mother. Serious, like the best. Like I can't Aww, even imagine. That's an amazing. My mom. mom tells me about all the dirty looks and weird faces she would get, like when we were being, we, we would be like, she would be walking in the mall or walking in the park, and she's like breastfeeding me, and I'm like three years old, right? And you're probably like 98 percentile, like a big kid, not just like a little baby. Yeah, I'm like, I'm well put together. Yes. Like I got, I got a low body fat percentage. I'm starting the abs are starting to come in already. Like this is a six year old breastfeeding. Oh my god, yeah. I'm like in the first grade, mm -hmm. just. Like I, my mom's in class with me. I'm just suck it. Nah, not that. <laughs> but, but going yeah. back to that, my question was, so let's say you do go on a date with a dude. I'm curious, like how early in that process, and then we'll go to another mm. topic. Mm. Like how early in that process would you communicate those desires? Right? Because obviously <laughs> like communication is important. Yeah. And one of the things that I've actually come to realize within myself that I've done a poor <clears throat> job of in mm. relationships is communicating my intentions early on. You and I are so similar, yes. Because because what happens is like, I can really be vibing with someone, yeah. right? And then things kind of progress and you're dating and, and, and emotions and feelings are elevated. And I realize like, oh wow, there's some really important things that we never even talked about yet. Mm -hmm. Like, what are your values? What's your vision? Like, like, where do you want to take this? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you looking for? What do you truly desire in a partner? And oftentimes I never had those conversations and like mm -hmm. six, seven months pass and I'm not feeling aligned in the mm -hmm. relationship. And obviously it feels really shitty to hurt somebody, mm -hmm. especially when that's not your intention. Mm -hmm. And I realized like the root cause of it is an avoidance of those complicated conversations. Interesting. Yeah. So now I'm like, even that girl you saw me with last yeah, night. Last night. Yeah. Like we had a, a challenging, we had like a very honest conversation wow. before dinner. Um, it was a great conversation. Okay, good. Yeah. She seemed like, uh, she was in good spirits. So it must've been, it must've gone fine. She was in even better spirits after dinner. Ooh, okay. 
Just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> I've been sharing I've been just sharing like so freely on this on this episode. It's good. Anyways. Actually, I would say I like that you're saying that. I think because and this is why I think I well, this is why I know I did well in Survivor and in life. I'm willing to drop my clothes here. I'm willing to get naked in front of you and show you who I am. And that now gives you the permission to. Because like she's doing it. It's like when everyone throws their clothes off and get in, gets, in, gets in the pool and goes skinny dipping. It's like you kind of need a first pioneer that's going to do it. And just it's like anything in life. When you see people doing it, you feel more comfortable. So I think that is like my secret weapon is I unveil and I pull down the barriers so that you feel you can do that too. I love that. So thanks for doing that with me. So so wait, tell us about yeah. tell us about some of the crazy shit from Survivor. Like, oh my god, that's too much. By the way, that is a huge deal. That not only were you on Survivor, but you made it to the final three. You're the oh, yeah. last female. Yeah. And I chose. I I actually got to pick who went to that final three. I made that decision. So typically the person who makes that decision on who goes to the end, they usually win the game. So that just shows you how difficult of a situation I was in. And typically, you know, at that point of that game, that season where it's, it's ranked against other seasons and where it sits, there are a lot of men that won before my season. And I'm sitting next to two men. I'm a female. And when I look at a, when I look at a line of Nora and those two guys, you still tend to look at that tall guy and that other guy right there. Like your eyes tend to look at the men. And um, I actually was dealing with a jury of seven females and three men. So you would think the females would band together and say, let's have a woman take this. But that was never one of my arguments. You know, I want, I want in life, I want to win on my own merit. So, um, but. Um, that, that yeah. sorry to cut you off, but I feel yeah. like that's kind of, that's kind of indicative of society in America mm. is I would expect there to be more women's empowerment in the form of like women supporting women, like women yeah. cheering other women on. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like what I see oftentimes is like women <laughs> shitting on other women. Shit. That's and awful. it's all coming yeah. from insecurity. Like, of course, oh, they see that woman doing things or pursuing something that maybe they want to pursue and mm. they start to feel jealousy or resentment. They see that woman in a happy, healthy relationship. Mm. And they're like, instead of being like, yo, like, yeah, fuck they should yeah. be inspired. They, they should be inspired by that. It's interesting how that is though. Yeah. Right. It's like this competitive nature. Mm. And I don't know. I've realized like I'm at, at age 32, I'm realizing more and more every day that one of the most important things in my life is like having really amazing homies like yes like like men in my life that i consider brothers that i can mm -hmm. talk to about anything mm -hmm. that i know will have my back mm -hmm. through the highs through the lows and that will also hold me accountable and like call me out on my bullshit if i'm not acting in my highest alignment and i think i don't know for me like mm -hmm. i neglected that male friendship for a lot of my wow, life. Wow, interesting. Yeah, this is actually, and we'll, we'll go back to you, but this is actually another yeah. like download I had. So I yeah. realized, I realized maybe a year ago or so, mm. I came to the realization, I was like, wow, I don't have that many men in my life that I genuinely consider brothers. Interesting. That I genuinely could call right now and just 
share anything with and have them be there for you exactly yeah but i also realized in that process that i was the one that created that reality there's so many amazing men in my life that like wanted to be there for me that wanted to be close to me and i kind of subtly pushed them away and i realized that the root cause of me doing that was because my older brother who's five years older when i was 13 he was 18 he went down a path of you know drugs alcohol etc and i felt very abandoned for like the next 15 years of my life and i felt like my best friend my older brother like left me wow and subconsciously i had this program like i can't let any man get too close to me because if i do they're just going to do that same shit and betray me mm, you don't become reliant on someone who could leave you yes but and and now i'm it's very clear to me like my level of independence well no like my one of my priorities yeah. is is friendship now mm. like truly having yeah amazing friends in my yeah. life and showing up for them in a powerful way that's wonderful you know what i mean and like yeah it's just we there's nothing there's honestly genuinely like nothing more fun than hanging with your homies i listen to going to dinner we were listening to a song it was like a beatles song and we were singing on the way to dinner and it was i was like these are the moments it's like of course there's successes of life and there but these are the moments you remember and uh that bring you joy that optimize you so that you can go out into the world and have beautiful things happen to you you want to be around people places and things that elevate you i would say i think because you've gone through a journey and i don't know all the details of it but as you evolve your old homies are not suitable homies for who you are today so yeah maybe you wanted to call one of those guys up i don't think it's even that might be that might play a, a part is your relationship with your brother but i think the bigger issue is there are less people that understand you mm. and like your own family that's they're so they know who you were they know you know your evolution but at the level you operate now they're going to be few people that understand you and get you and know what you need whether it's words whether it's resources whether it's a hug whatever it is and i think there are, there are times where i'm like i have favorites you know lists on my phone and i'm mm. like who are those go-to people? You know, I have so many friends and I think I have friends that probably feel like, where did Nora go? But you know what? I'm a Nora to many different individuals. I've been in many weddings where I'm one of many bridesmaids and maybe to many people I'm in their top five, but like I have my own top five that is gonna give me the best for what you know I need and what suits me. And a lot of times mm. it's like, who can do that for you? That's, that's really important. Yeah. And root for you all the way, like you're saying. Like I would say the the at least the women that I have in my corner, when I have a success, they're genuinely excited for me. They're inspired by me. It's gonna elevate them. They they purely and truly want the best for me. Cause look, we all do it. Like I might be looking and scrolling and seeing, like, oh Jeremy, that girl he was dating like all these years, like I don't see her anymore. I don't see her for the last few months. Let's keep scrolling back. How far do we see this? And then you're like, <laughs> woo, he's single. And it's like, you know what? I shouldn't feel excited, but you know, as an individual, sometimes you're like, maybe it's cause, oh, I get to date him now. But sometimes it's like a beautiful couple that you see break up and you're like, God, they were so perfect and annoying. And like, oh, you know, it's like, it's, this is human nature. Sometimes you might be happy that something wasn't successful. And then you might like be like, oh, why did I, why do I feel like this? But I'm just saying, it takes a certain person to always root and support people, even when it might give you your own insecurities mm. that make you 
you know, uncomfortable, but you push forward to give them your best and give them your full support. And then you figure out what that shit is. That has nothing to do with them. That has to do with you. That's a great test to see who is a true friend is when you're winning, who is that person that's texting you, calling you, celebrating you? Like, let's fucking go. Like, let's go. This is just the beginning. This is just the start. And then who are the people that like, they, they, you can tell it's like, oh, like they're, they're, they're not that stoked for me right now. And that, and I've been that person that, that has seen other people win and be like, be like, damn, like I have more talent than them. Or like, I deserve mm. it more. They have a victim mentality. And, and, and it's, it's always a good reflection. Mm. Like it's always a good reflection to see where you're at in your own journey. When you're witnessing other people win, right? Mm. Whether it's on social media or friends in your life, how do you respond and react to that? Yeah. And if you're happy for them, that means genuinely you're in a good headspace. Ooh, I love that. If you are, if you are like feeling resentment, if you're feeling jealousy, then it's an opportunity to go within like, Hey, why am I experiencing this? Yeah. Right. Why, I, why, why am I feeling this lack? Because Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is that your success only feeds my success. You're, th- there's enough money, success, oh my God. abundance, everything in the world for yes. everyone to eat. Yeah. Right. And, yes. and and it's not me versus you. It's no. like me and you. It's you like, getting doesn't take away from my getting. Exactly. And that it inspires me because yeah. it's like oh shit, like like I know what's possible now. Yeah. That unlocks a new wavelength that I can tap into. Yes. It's like oh wow, like let's go. I'm yes. ready. It's like when someone first ran the four minute mile, no one had done it before. Now everyone else is running it. That's the the perfect analogy. Yeah. What was his name? I don't know. Yeah. History again is not my it's not my strong suit. But oh, it was Roger Bannister. Okay. Roger, that that's the perfect. No one had done it. That that's literally the perfect analogy. Yeah. That's the perfect analogy. Like to really reprogram. Um, I'm curious to know too, like survivor yeah okay good that's what i was getting back to there's too much i even feel like there was something you were talking about i know like back in the dating world we were talking about your date and there was something i feel like we didn't finish that oh, thought no, 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 no. i was asking you i asked you i was, was like something in regards to your desire to, to have children okay yeah. oh you were talking about not talking about things too early on is what you learned so so yeah so when is it when do you feel like that's appropriate if you're dating someone to bring it up like hey by the way mm. you know this is where I'm at in my life. And I really would like to conceive a child in the next two years. Yeah. Like when does that conversation happen? Okay. This is what I think. Um, and you shared your own experience. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like what does Jeremy want for himself? What does he want with this person? You're with that person. So your world becomes, what do I want with that person? So it's more about it for me, learning about this person, who they are. And do I want more of that? Then worry about that other stuff. So for me, it's all about, like I said, playing, playing on the playground, like being trapped in that elevator. It's like, like I'm trying to learn them and, and experience them and not just hear what you have to say, because you might say today, you don't want to have kids, but if you and I fall madly in love with each other and in six months, I'm like, what do you think? You could be like, let's go. So you might've had this thought, yeah, you know what? I want to wait till this or that, or, you know, you, and people, I just have seen people change so much that someone could say something today. And I don't care 
that can change. That's not static. So that's why I could ask someone today, do you want to have a kid? And they could say no. And it could become yes. Or someone could say today, yes, I want a kid. And then in six months they say, no, I changed my mind. So I, I don't, I don't look at that. I look at like the compatibility to want to spend more time with them. And I know that if it's a great partnership, you're going to want to have kids together. I think that's, what I, that's, that's, that's what my is, approach right now. What is, what is something right now? Yeah. Because it's very easy to see things on the outside and be yeah. like, damn, like Nora's just crushing. Life. <laughs> right. Like okay. straight up. I, look, no. I'm, I'm very vulnerable. I can answer anything. No, no, no. I'm just curious. Like, and what share is, anything. Yeah. What yeah. is something maybe at this season of life that mm. you're really struggling with potentially? Like, is there something that comes to mind that you're struggling with in this moment? You know what? Actually, I'm going to share something that gave me peace and I will, then I'll talk about that, which is what's helped me get through that. Um, the guy that I met, the Italian guy, you know, one of the things he shared with me, very successful guy, also a little bit older. So that's also helpful because he's gone through more experiences. Like imagine who you will be in 10 years from now, like just who you have evolved in the last five years is amazing. So it's like, who, who knows what you can be? This is a guy that's in his early fifties. So he said, he said, you know what, Nora, the best things in my life have come out of the worst times, the worst, the worst circumstance circumstances. And, um, in Survivor, I'm like I'm going all over the place, but you know I learned that there's it's like the silver lining. You there's always an opportunity in a hardship. You know when when the stock is in a downturn, there's a buying opportunity. Like in general, when things are shitty, it's so easy to go into that like oh mentality, and you you go into a victim. I mean I know I do. If if things are down, I tend to go into this victim mentality. Like you know at times I've reconditioned myself. It's like why is this happening to me? And I know we hear all these you know, uh, ways of saying things that we hear so much that they have lost their, um, power, their word. Yeah. And their power. But you know, uh, what's the saying? Oh my God. I lost my train of thought. Um, okay. In the worst of times, there's always an opportunity. I don't even know now. I need a, I need a, a pause. I need a mental pause. <laughs> no, uh, but, 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 but the point is, is the point you're making yes, is very clear. Yeah. Like, it's in those times of adversity yeah. that we really learn who we are. The obstacles that we face in our life yeah. are the biggest opportunities to, to really recognize how much power and potential we actually have within ourselves, mm. how courageous we are. And sometimes as humans, we've been conditioned to focus on our shortcomings, right? Yeah. Rather than remembering, oh my gosh, I've overcome a hundred percent of my bad days yeah all oh, of that shit that so happened good. in the past yeah. where where i was anxious where i was fearful where i did not think i would make it through guess what you did mm -hmm. and you're still here and not only are you still here but you're a better version of mm. yourself because yeah. of that challenging experience that you faced so the words are why is this happening to me versus how is this happening for me? And so one is being in this victim mentality and one's being in this opportunist mentality. So I've learned in life to look at what's the opportunity here. Um, so like in Survivor, you know, it's a rainy day and everyone's exhausted. It's like, well, now I have energy. What can I do with that? Or it's raining, you're going to a hard challenge. It's like, well, I, I can endure that. Or this rainy day, they're gonna, it's going to put them into a negative mode. And then when we go to that physical challenge, I'm not going to have a problem because I'm keeping my mind positive. But like more specific examples. Um, so here's an example of what's happening in society now. Like the, the, 
the close, you know, the fall of this bank, SVB is affecting everyone. It's making everyone nervous and apprehensive and no one knows where to put their money. So I have found ways to take people's money and pay them interest on their money and invest that money and make a big margin on their money because they trust me. Mm. I am a CPA of how many years. They know that Nora is on the hook for shit. I always deliver. That is literally one of my taglines. Like I say I'm gonna do something, everyone that has known me for more than 10 years will say, damn, that is someone that doesn't just talk about shit. She will say something and then literally it comes to fruition. So here's an example that. where everyone's scared and they're looking for a solution. Okay, here's that solution. So in a time of, you know, like, I have so many examples of this. I had bad things happen and I'm like, what can I do with this? Like I've turned shit into gold so many times you know, that you st it starts to become a game. It's like being a poker player with a shitty hand. And you're like, you know, this is kind of fun. Like, how am I gonna <laughs> turn this around? Yeah. So anyway, that's, I think that's really, so when you said, what am I struggling with right now? Um, whenever I do start to tr struggle, I see myself go into that victim mentality and I have to go back into the, okay, what's in this for me? You know, I know what, I, sometimes what you pray for, what you want comes in a way that you did not expect. You know, let's say you say, I want to be a million, a millionaire within one year. Let's say you make a really shitty investment and let's say you even lose that money and you're like, but I want to be a millionaire. But sometimes it's that loss that you had that drives you to have to bring in more money, come up with a different approach, maybe a more aggressive approach, change the people you've involved. Like it actually, it's like when you bet on black and you lost and you bet on black again by doubling your money and you lost again. Now you bet again and double you're in that situation. What's that allowing you to do? It's allowing you to have gains far greater than you ever would have had if you just played this little game. Now, when you're in deep, big in the negative, you have to go big in the positive. And what does that take? Better resources, better people, more money, a better, more aggressive strategy. And I have a situation like that that happens. And I look forward to talking about that in, in probably a year from now to, to tell you like what that's going to grow to in the millions. And it came from shit. It came from a, oh fuck, we're in it right now. And most people would be like, boo hoo. And like, sorry, I lost your money. Like that stuff happens all the time. I am fucking on the hook for what I say I'm going to do. And you got to find a way. And now I, I will tell you out of the shitty bad investment I made in the past, it's turned into a business that is scalable, that's growing, that is going to make me a millionaire. But if I had looked at it like the way it was and what it was, you'd be like, oh, well, I lost some money and that sucked. And I'm in a victim mentality. Now I got to make this money to make it back. It's like, no, I created a new way of making a big amount of scalable money that would not have happened if I hadn't had that happen to me. Mm. And the most successful people that we hear speak, they do that. They turn shit around. And it's like, oh, you know, the same people, sorry to like go into a million uh, places, but the same people that said, oh, I wish I bought Ethereum when it was only $1,000 in like 2016. Where are you at now? Did you buy now when it was back to a thousand? No, you didn't. So it's those talkers like keep talking, you know? So. I'm just saying there are these shitty points that are scary. And if you take advantage of it and you're, you know, it's like Warren Buffett says, when people are being fearful, be greedy. When people are being greedy, be fearful. And I've always, again, it's like the accounting thing. People are afraid of this industry. It's scary. They don't like money. That's fucking value. So I go for it. So there's always opportunity. You just got to go for it and, and uh, believe in yourself. I have quotes around my house that are in the bathroom, that are in the kitchen, that are on the fridge, that are by my desk, that keep me in a mentality. 
and that's so important because we can go negative real fast. So that is all beautiful. Very Thanks. well said. Yeah. And I still don't think you answered the question. What am I going through right now that's shitty like, or I'm not like, happy yeah, about? I want to know, like, what's something, and, it, and it, not necessarily, because here's what I've, here's what I've experienced. Thank you for holding but, me accountable to this question. Here, here's what, no, here's what I found. <laughs> yeah. Here's what I found in my experience working with a lot of high-level individuals, many of whom are founders of companies, executives, et cetera, is that sometimes they use productivity and work mm. as an escape mm. for going inward. Ooh. Like, like and, you, and you hear about a lot of people being workaholics, right? I truly believe like I work my face off, but I fucking love what I do, right? And my work requires me to go inward because if I don't go inward, then I can't help other people go inward, mm. right? So I'm constantly like pursuing that path. And I'm sure there are times where I escape some of the deeper issues and, and, and just like continue pushing forward. Right. Mm, mm. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes of course, right? like it's necessary sometimes because you can't always be a slave to your emotions. You have no. to like still take care of business and get shit done. Oh, agreed. But like for you personally, mm. like what maybe on a deeper emotional level, mm. is there anything that you're currently like working through that comes to mind? So I think, um, I spend a lot of time with myself. I journal, I meditate, I, I get body work done twice a week where I'm doing nine, uh, two hours of body work. So I, I, I definitely schedule time as, as productive as I am. I'm very balanced. I would say I take three showers a day. I take time in those showers to also like, it's like a deprivation chamber. You know, you go mm. in inward and you don't have the noise and you don't have all these distractions. So I would say many times in the day I'm doing that. And, uh, when I go beyond myself, I think the big thing that I, I go through is, you know, you look at where you are successful and where you aren't. And then you look at like hurdles. And, and for me, I think, um, I'll tell you this, my big question that I struggle with all the time is where is home, you know? And um, I miss my family a lot. I, I have always been my, with my family my entire life. And um, I left my family to be here in Miami when I only knew one person at the time. And they have always been a very big support system for me where I felt like even if I was not in a relationship or even if you're not, it doesn't matter. You just, you feel like that proximity and that love. And okay, this is something I'm struggling with is, um, <laughs> We're not gonna be around here forever. I know what I've done so far, but you know, we're, you know, especially in these last few years, we've seen a lot of people get sick. We've seen a lot of people die. And I think to myself, how long is my family here? You know, sometimes I'm like, should I move back to DC so I can spend that time with them? Like I wanna see my kid, my sister's kids grow up. And, but then I'm like, but I want that life. I want to have my own family. And I also know that I thrive here, but that's an, like, it's like, how do you measure these things? It's like, there are different components, but which gives you the largest amount of this thing you need. And that was always a very big thing for me. So something I struggle with is, you know, where is home? Like Miami can be very transient. I have a lot of friends here, but I'm also looking for a partner. And sometimes I'm like, maybe the guys here are, are surface and they don't even know who they are. And a lot of people are, you know, okay, for me in dating, the biggest reasons I haven't gone forward with someone is they're in, you know, they're, they're into prescri prescription drugs. The last guy I was dating, he's on two prescription drugs, anti-anxiety, anti-antidepressants. He's vaping, he's doing weed, and he's drinking coffee all day. It's like you're going, like, you're just 
medicated all around, all day to operate. And I've had guys that were addicted to alcohol, addicted to weed or drugs. And all of those things, by the way. Yeah. All of those things. I don't want any of that. All of those things are disconnecting you from your true essence. Yeah. Which is the biggest issue. Yeah, right? Because true. all of those prescription pills, including alcohol, yeah. smoking weed, they're they're numbing you yes. to an extent. Yes. And, and escaping you also. And they aren't allowing you to really have a deep connection with yourself. And if you don't have a mm. deep connection with mm. yourself, how do you expect to have a deep, intimate connection wow, with, with someone, someone else? else? Yes. Right? Like right. you can't. Yeah. So I think that's so I'm going deep now and then I'm finding people that maybe they aren't deep. Yeah. You know, or, um, this sounds silly, but you could be carn, carny, you're a carnivore. You could be vegan. You could be Christian, but like people are so obsessed with their thing that like, it's part of their identity. It's like their coping mechanism. Like I'm looking for someone who's beyond all this. And so I think for me, sometimes I'm like, where do I belong? Where is home? You know, where are my fellow aliens? I, I, in the female realm, I've met them, but in the male realm, I'm like, you know, I want someone who wants me physically, immensely, emotionally, and spiritually. That takes time. doesn't happen overnight, but sometimes I'm like, am I in the right place? But all I can do is submit to where I am, where I feel like it's best for me. But my ideal dream is to have my life here. But yeah, sometimes I, that's the thing I, I struggle with is like, how long am I here for? Am I gone in a week? Are my, is my family gone in a, a few years? Like I I'm dealing with, how do you deal with the um, uh, what is the word? Uh, Uncertainty. Ephemeral nature, the fleeting nature of life. Mm. And you know, like no one's talking about it. We're all going to die. Why aren't we talking about it? Where do we go next? We're talking about veganism and carny and 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 all these things. And it's like, why aren't we talking about the bigger thing here? We're only here for this period of time. What do you want to get out of your time here? Where, do we, where are we going to go after? What are the repercussions of who we are as humans day to day? Like, you know, like. What happens for eternity? Where do we go? Why aren't we talking about it? This is the thing I'm struggling with. How about that? There you go. You've, we're, we're, you found it. We're definitely we're definitely going to um, run out of time here. No, we're going <laughs> we're going to heaven. Nora, and and here's the thing about heaven. Heaven is right here on earth in this moment. And the more that we can live with the mindset that this life is temporary, our existence is very impermanent mm. and we don't know when we're gonna leave we don't know when our loved ones are gonna leave that just adds that much more meaning and preciousness mm. to this game called life and if mm. we can all just adopt that mindset and live with that level of intention for each moment it's yeah. gonna make every single bite of food that much more tasty it's gonna make every mm. conversation that much mm. more meaningful it's gonna make every single workout that much more powerful once we understand that that workout might be our last workout that bite of food might be our last bite of food so i mean that's how i live my life but sometimes you want something that's like oh, everything's gonna be okay and like i lost my dad in covid and he was always my go-to person like he was that male figure that gave me safety support and you know you can do anything and like he knows i'm wild and crazy and he always believed in me like and just was a strong male figure that also was a guide in the dating world because he had a very big experience with that. So for me, seeing him not be here and not exist anymore, and we're seeing more of that, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that. But you asked me what that is. 
I'm going to have to find my way through that. But I agree. All I can do is be very present. And I live, ask my whole family. I live like this is my last year. I, I, that's what I do, but I do believe in the future and I do put a lot of effort into the fruits that will hatch in the future and what I can scale in a large way that will serve the earth in a bigger way. Because I, I don't want to just be, I'm not here just to get married and have, uh, we don't know if I'm going to get married or not. I'm not here just to have a family and have kids and make a great living and live, live my life. I'm here to, to give value on a scale, in a scalable way. And I want to make this life better for me be, having been here. And so sometimes it's a, a blessing and a curse because if I wasn't like more like a, t- a typical person, I wouldn't have this like within me where, I, and maybe that's why I've been single for so long, long. It's like, I'm not just okay with the daily life. And like, you know, we're going to like, this is the way that people want to live life. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's, um, by the way, I'm so sorry about your father. I Thanks. wish we would have got into that sooner, but we'll, That's dive, okay. we'll dive deeper into that because that I'm sure is presented its own unique challenges. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like it really is. You know, when I was at, I was at on Friday, I was at Soho house, the rooftop and it was, it was Diplo was performing. I was with a couple of my buddies. Yeah, I saw him actually play at W the same week sick that's awesome yeah how, how spoiled are we you got to see him i got to see him in these intimate intimate environments venues. like i didn't even they said major lasers coming to the rooftop and i was like i i've heard of major laser but i didn't know diplo was part of major laser maybe they don't want so then diplo's gonna, just like yeah like vibing and i'm like the sun's setting i'm like whoa like, look at the life crazy. we live like this is amazing what yeah. we're in right here but anyways yeah i i recognize like i was telling my boys i was like you know they're a little older than me but i was like you know, once you hit 30 years old, the dating pool shrinks significantly. And what yeah. I mean by that is like, especially in a place like Miami, there's always going to be an abundance of pretty people. Mm. But combining that physical attraction, mm. that sexual mm. attraction, mm. but also like, is this person on that journey of becoming the best version of themselves? Do they have a growth mindset? Are they actually like like tapped into their intuition mm. because if they're not you can be as beautiful as fuck but like like if there's no substance mm. and if there's not n- none of that that deeper emotional bond and connection mm. then it's meaningless right and yeah. like and at least not sustainable it's not sustainable but yeah. but that's actually kind of a, i guess a good thing because it kind of reduces like the anyways we we fucking went deep and i feel like we have to have a round two like i would love a round two (laughs) i love this we didn't even talk about my bars we didn't even talk about your fucking bars yo like that's because you're just doing so much cool shit i'm just gonna say these are my super freshies Um, these are the original rappers of all the bars i've created they originally were puddings i created in the kitchen that i made for myself because i again i've been a cpa for all these years and it's hard to not gain weight while you're sitting at a desk, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they were something that satisfied me. They were delicious and yummy, but they filled me up. It's not like cake where you eat some and then you just keep eating it Yo, over and over again. And I'll second this. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, these are the highest quality bars that I've yeah. seen that actually taste good. Thank you. Especially those two flavors, the cookie dough and the and the chocolate he, one. He likes the cookie dough well and the nutty chocoholic and all the they're names so are fire. they're trademarked. The company's called Super Freshies. 
And yeah, they're high in fiber, low in carb. They're low in sugar. They have like two grams and they have anywhere from 10 to 20 superfoods in each bar. And they're a great representation of me because I'm committed to quality. I'm committed to integrity. I'm committed to authenticity, transparency, and I'm committed to giving my best. And the logo has a heart. It's very, it's all about being plant-based, but it's all about giving my best. So I wanted to provide Look, I entered a saturated market and I wanted to create something different that meets all the needs of the consumer, but doesn't have any repercussions that are negative that come with it. I love it. And as we wrap this up, I'm curious to know, is there any final message that you'd like to deliver to the beautiful people on the opposite side of the screen? Um, I would say two things. One, surround yourself with like-minded people aliens from your planet, whichever planet you're from, because they're going to bring out the best in you. And when I'm around you, I feel like, oh, okay, I can be myself and um, I feel at home and I feel, uh, you know, that was the first time in my life survivor where I felt like I was commended for being myself. And all we all want in life is to be loved for who we are. So mm. thank you for bringing me here to be celebrated and loved for who I am and allow me to feel that way so I can really show you who I am. And secondly, I would say, um, there's a little sign I keep next to my bed and it says, live the life you imagined. So whenever I start to play small or say, you know, this is good enough or I should be grateful, like this is great what I have this setup. I'm like, no, what did I imagine? Like, what is the big dream? It it's, it's uncomfortable and I know I don't need it, but I want it. And so it just keeps me going because we all settle all the time because we all want safety and we want security, but you grow and you live life when you stretch and you get out of the comfort zone. We all hear that, but you have to submit to that. Don't resist it, lean into it. And that's where the greatness is. Wow. I'm inspired. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for and, having me. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, that is what every human being truly deeply craves is just to feel seen, feel heard and feel appreciated. So, I appreciate you for coming here Thank and you. sharing your truth, being so open, and um, I'm excited for more conversations. Um, thank you so much for listening, you fucking legend on the other side of the screen. Make sure, make sure to follow Miss Nora. All of her links are in the show notes. And also, also, give your boy a review for the pod. Leave that five-star review because you know, you know. I mean, this shit's fire. Let's be honest. Yeah. Share it with a friend. Tag us on IG. And much love, y'all. Peace. Oh my goodness. I don't know about you, but that conversation with Nora lit me up. Like, she is so inspiring. And just being in her presence makes me feel like I'm capable of doing more, of being better. And I think it's so important to surround yourself with friends who make you feel that way, who inspire you, who empower you, who cheer you on, who hold you accountable, who call you out on your bullshit. But thank you so much for listening. From the bottom of my heart, I truly, truly appreciate you. And it would mean the absolute world if you took the time to leave a review for the show or share it with a friend. You know, that is how this thing goes it's all about word of mouth it's all about just giving back and contribution you know that's why i started this podcast over four years ago and that's why i still dedicate a lot of time and energy to it 
today is because it's a contribution to humanity and hopefully it helps just one person live a better life. So thank you so much for taking the time. It means the absolute world. And you already know what time it is. It's time to stop ruminating on the past, fearing the future. It's time to really make love, deep, passionate love to the present moment. I love you so much, fam, and I can't wait to continue this beautiful journey together. Much love, and I'll see you on the next episode.